Welcome everybody to Diversion Insights. Today we have Russ Nix. He is the manager of drug diversion monitoring for Improvada. Russ has a background in law enforcement and a lot of experience surrounding drug diversion. In fact, roughly two years ago, I think it was now, Russ and I did three podcasts together. We covered interviewing, policies and procedures, compliance, risk assessments, as well as the burgeoning diversion software products. So I encourage you to go back and listen to those because Russ is full of information. Now, if we forward a couple years, Russ has joined the team of Improvada, which is what we are going to discuss today. So welcome back, Russ. It's good to have you back. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Give us uh, an overview of your background for those who aren't familiar with you, for the three people that aren't familiar with you, um, and how you ended up with Improvada. Sure. Uh, so I do come from a law enforcement background. Um, so for about 10 years, I worked in law enforcement. The vast majority of that, uh, I was working undercover narcotics. Um, so for about eight years, I worked undercover uh, for the state of Georgia. And during that time was kind of at the, the precipice, so to speak, of the opioid crisis uh, in the early 2000s. And, um, you know, I spent that time uh, kind of gathering a recognition of the opioid crisis issue, the, you know, accountability that wasn't really existing in healthcare as far as where we were headed with drug diversion and, and prescribing and all of these different things. Um, so after about 10 years in law enforcement, I transitioned into healthcare drug investigations and started to build out drug diversion programs in healthcare. Um, and, uh, you know, after doing that, I uh, helped build a couple of those programs and some pretty large uh, healthcare organizations, uh, started doing some consulting. And uh, while I was doing consulting, I was looking for a place with a footprint, you know, in the industry that you know, would give me a, a little bit more of a platform to uh, really continue to make a difference uh, as far as the drug diversion prevention, mitigation, and, and detection uh, industry kind of needed to be there. And uh, that's when I found Improvada and saw an opportunity uh, to join that team. And uh, that's kind of how all that evolved. Okay. All right. Great. So let's talk about Improvada. There are a handful of software surveillance products out there. What would you say sets Improvada apart? Why should a facility consider purchasing this product? Sure, that's that's a great question. Um, you're right, there are some out there, um, you know, familiar with uh, pretty much all of them, you know, coming from, you know, Natty and IHFDA and, and working in the industry. Uh, all the name, same names come across your desk every day. Mm -hmm. um, I think what kind of sets Improvada apart is twofold. Um, one is really that Improvada isn't just a diversion platform or just a privacy platform. Improvada really kind of recognizes there's a complexity in technology and the more it integrates with healthcare, the more needs there are. So um, Improvada kind of has more of the, this digital identity, you know, that uh, reaches across all levels of access, whether it's a physical access to your facility or it's the access of that information. Um, and look to basically enable control and monitor those accesses. Um, so Improvada provides uh, a lot more in one organization and, and meets more needs than just that particular specific piece. 
Um, but for, for my investment, for the drug diversion piece, um, what really sets Improvada apart is the managed services. Um, so with the technology that you get through the fair warning product, which is what Improvada provides, uh, that platform that does the detection piece, you get an analyst who monitors and reviews the information for the customer. So this, you know, if you come in as a customer who has a robust program or you have one that's not very mature, you're getting an analyst that is looking at your information daily and providing feedback on if this indicates drug diversion, if it indicates sloppy practices. Um, and this, this team is built out of experts in the field. So um, right now we have a team of about 12 individuals and all of them come with, you know, roughly 10 to 20 years of experience in either pharmacy in the healthcare system, nursing, law enforcement, regulatory compliance. And that's the, that's the eyes you have on your daily information is someone who already knows what they're looking for. They can use the technology and then give you basically the groundwork already laid out to finish out the investigation and find out what has happened. So, you know, I think that what you're looking at here, and I know coming from the customer side, you know, I remember looking at technologies and thinking, who's going to, who's going to be the user on this? Who's going to be, you know, the one who works in this platform and takes that information across to the investigative piece. And for us, we provide that. We give you an analyst who goes through, looks through the alerts, and then comes back to you with, these are the ones that need to be investigated. And these are the ones that basically align with your policies and your workflows and, and are good to go. So I, I think that's what really sets Improvada apart. Okay. All right. I, I, I would agree. And so I'd like to dig into that piece a little bit, you know, how exactly does it work? What does the analyst provide? What does the facility still have to do on top of that? So um, is it with, with other products, you know, they have their scores and they tell you, okay, this is the one you should go look at. Does the customer still see that with the fair warning or do they rely on the analyst to say, this is the one that you should look at? Let's start with that kind of high level identification. Sure, sure. Now, so the customer does still have visibility and they also do have, um, you know, some steps that are, you know, when we kind of look at this customer versus Improvada uh, agreement, it, it is definitely a, a framework that, we work as a team with with the point of contact with with the with the customer. Um, they do have obviously visibility into the application into the into the platform, so they're they're able to see the alerts and the things that we're reviewing as well. the The biggest difference is our analyst, our team, will get all of those alerts, and then they will basically whittle it down. They look for those needles in the haystack. And then they take those alerts and start a dialogue with, with the POC, the point of contact. And, and it kind of looks like, um, you know, from the, so let me kind of back up and give you an idea of how that, that dialogue is established. When we do foundation building or we start with a customer, we sit down prior to go live and we go through all of their workflows 
all of their policies. And we really get to customize how we look at things based on what they feel is a vulnerability, what they feel is, you know, a concern for them. And so each one of our customers has their own guide that is specific to them, but we also align industry best practices on top of that. So it's kind of a layered approach. Out of that, we have a dialogue with those alerts. Our analyst looks through those alerts and comes back and says, based on our conversations and our ongoing dialogue, these are the ones we're concerned with. And then that becomes kind of a conversation between the point of contact and our analysts. And they say, okay, let's dig a little deeper into these and let's, you know, look at these and say, okay, these, these align with our workflow. We're going to say these make sense. Let's pull those off. And then that analyst takes that information back and continues to make an even better and smarter process, digs deeper, and then comes back and says, these are the pieces that we really need to look at. And then we provide an investigative memo that breaks down why we think this alert is not good or why these pieces don't add up. And this is where we would say, what's your next piece? We, we've given you all of the groundwork, all the base work done for the investigation. Now we just need you to take it and go back internally and finish it out. Okay. So those people that are essentially flagged, I just want to make sure I'm, I'm understanding it right. Sure. The people that are flagged in the software, you, the analyst and the POC have that conversation. Let's look at this a little bit more, or I think this one is fine, which then the analyst takes back to make it smarter, right? So they don't have to right. rehab those conversations of, nah, not worried. Um, and then the analyst gives them some information on the ones that the POC says, yeah, I want more information on this. So then the analyst does dig a little bit deeper and gives them more information but then the POC has to like, is it a final product that the analyst gives them that that POC can then take to whatever committees or whatever their structure is, or does the POC need to dig further and get more? Typically, you know, when you look at this investigative memo, it is definitely something that could be presented, you know, uh, as part of a file for say, regulatory agencies or even for your own internal diversion council, what, what your know, steering council, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But I think the, the one piece that we, you know, aren't doing for the POC, but what we're basically leading up to is when you get this memo, you should be ready for your interview process. At that point, you should be ready to have a conversation with that user based on the information that we've provided, because at that okay. point you now have, Here's why it doesn't add up. Here's, you know, why there's still question. And then they should be able to take that and do that internal interview process or that administrative process that's left. So there's, there's a, there's a good bit, like I said, it's basically, you know, and, and the dialogue gets shorter each time, uh, you know, as, as the customer relationship grows, mm -hmm. because obviously our analysts are, are already well-versed in these processes and all they really have left to do is continue to customize it to that particular facility or organization. So as we have those conversations with the customer over each investigation, we're able to say, okay, this is a piece of their workflow that matches. So we know we don't have to worry about that particular piece, but this one is something they're very concerned with. It matches trends in their area. It is something that we've already you know, flagged that we want to make sure we watch more. So when we hand off 
that memo, whenever we hand off that information, that point of contact can look at that and basically that plus a short conversation with our analyst be ready to go internal with it and say, let's, let's get that last piece. Okay. All right. So your analyst essentially does all of that digging if it gets them up to the point of being ready for the interview. Um, and then obviously if there's lingering questions, Oh, let me check and, and see what this looks like, you know, that they haven't thought about. So are those investigative memos, like, do they, do they include the data from the software screenshots, EHR, are your analysts getting into the EHR and kind of matching thing, or is it all coming from what the software is gathering, which I know takes in EHR, you know, information as sure. well, obviously. Sure. So we do parse in from different data sources, you know, obviously from the ADC and then from, you yeah. know, the, the EMR and stuff, but what the investigative memo eventually does is it does have some screenshots in it. It does have a different pieces of that. Um, it's a template that we also have, um, you know, basically paragraphs that not only show a visual okay. of the data, but it also gives you a, a well-written out, this is why. And this is the this is the part of the investigation that the analyst has already done. This is where they tried to reconcile or they tried to resolve the issue by looking at the data. And here is why it didn't resolve. Here is why it didn't okay. line up with. It. And so, um, and and they're they're not you know they're not so exhaustive that no one's going to read them. They're very they're concise and to the point, but they have all of the relevant information in them. Okay, that makes sense. So what would happen in the case of the software didn't necessarily flag somebody because we know that we find people other ways, right? And so there was a concern about someone and um, I don't know, let's just say a missing med. It's the first time it's ever happened. I want to take a look and see, is there anything else concerning? Would I as a client have access to all of the information to literally go in and completely look myself? Or am I dependent on the analyst to have that conversation and say, hey, can you look at this user for me? So our customers will typically do what's called an ad hoc process. So if that's and that happens very regularly where, you know, whether it's, you know, a verbal tip that they've been given through inside the facility or it's, you know, we just have some concerns or there's a behavioral issue, whatever it is. Um, and then they will reach out and say, you know, that we want to look at this particular user. Maybe that particular user hasn't flagged or they were flagged and dismissed at some point but they will do an ad hoc process in which our analysts will then do a deeper dive into that user, go back and provide basically the same type of investigative memo, the same type of follow-up on the information on that user based on the request that was given to us by the customer. Okay. What if I, as the client just wanted to spend a couple of minutes looking, do I have what I need available to me to just look myself or do I need to go through the analyst? No, absolutely. So there, there is a, there is access allowed. Um, you know, obviously, um, most of our, most of our customers prefer to have that analyst's eyes sure. on it and just say, yeah. Hey, you know, um, we, we've had a couple of, you know, exceptions to the rule throughout, you know, the customer history that, you know, kind of want to be in there yeah. and, and ask questions, but the vast majority say, Hey, if I have somebody who's already sitting, 
in that platform, in that application, and they're already looking at our data, why not just yeah. give the name to them and, and see what comes out? Right. Yeah. Well, I could see it happening if I it just sometimes I don't want to wait. <laughs> it's like, sure. I just want to know now, should I be concerned or, or not? Let me just, you know, do a little tickler and see what I got what I got going on. So the client could, if they wanted to, as they obviously they have to become familiar with how the software works. I mean, if they're never in there, then they're probably not going to know how to interpret and how to navigate. So that is something. And we do work through that. So through foundation building, um, the person who is actually over foundation building for us has been, you know, 20 years in pharmacy drug diversion investigations uh, and just, uh, an absolute, you know, subject matter expert in those areas. And that is the person who's also helping align those policies and those workflows into the application and helping teach, you know, the customers, you know, what they're looking at and how to continue to move forward. So um, the resources are definitely there. I think that, uh, you know, as, as we all do sometimes, the most convenient way is the way we typically go. So um, that yeah. is that is why we see more of the ad hoc requests and it just come back to sure. the analyst. But absolutely, you know, you, that it's not it's not that difficult to drill through. But um, I think that most people just pick the easier route. Right, right. And do you have a feel for what the turnaround time is? I mean, these investigations take a bit of time and you have other clients. I'm going to guess that your analysts have more than one client, right? Sure. That they're serving. We do tend to, we make sure that our analysts don't have a ton of clients. They continue to keep like a small, uh, a small amount of clients so that they can give customized personal, you know, service to each one. Um, but we typically take, it depends on, the the load of that request whether you're asking for a small amount of you know over the last week or you're asking for the last three months whatever it is we will take that workload look at how long it's going to take and then try to turn it around and give an, a response so within within the day of the request we will tell you it's going to take this long you know so that that day you'll know what the load is going to look like what the turnaround is going to look like um because we don't want there to be any question about, well, they're, they're not responding. So am I going to get what I need? Because we're also well aware regulatory agencies mandatory reporting, all of these different things, they're putting a sense of urgency on that organization. So we want to make sure our communication stays the same way. We know that you're, you're under a kind of a pressure cooker once you start to see some type of incident coming out. So we, we turn that around pretty quickly if we can. And obviously uh, we have the ability to, shuffle things around and, you know, get other resources involved if we need to, if we know that this urgency level is kind of increased because there's an inspection or something like that coming. Um, but same day, you'll find out how long it's going to take and then we'll be able to turn it around in that time. Just basically. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned something. So how, how far back does your analyst typically go? If this is not an ad hoc, ad hoc, investigation it's just part of the you know what they're finding in the data what do they look at the last so there so we have so our platform continues to keep investigation so if there's an alert on a user we'll know if that user's been investigated before and that type of thing so that part of it is based on that you know what's the history of this user have they you know had an investigation before or not um but we do typically try to because of turnaround and making sure that we're not going to be real time, obviously, because it's coming in on a daily basis. 
but we want to be as close as we can. So we try to turn those information, that information around as much as we can. When we get an alert, we try to make sure, is this something that we can investigate or we need to investigate immediately, or is it not? And then we will try to take those as they come in. So if it's, if this alert standalone does not reconcile, we will start to do a, a dig, but we're going to go ahead and show that to the POC. We're going to go ahead and send that communication over and say, this isn't reconciling. We need to do more here and see if we can't go ahead and get that communication going. Because obviously, you know, if, if there's a way to do it quicker, if there's a way to get that information back to the customer quicker, that's what we tend to lean on. So they will, it's kind of, you know, kind of like that DEA reporting. We're going to let them know that something's going on. We'll get you more information as we continue to dig. And so that's how right. we do that. And so okay. it, it does kind of depend on case by case basis on how far. Yeah. So, so two questions that if you're going, if they're going to do a deeper dive, do they go back three months, one month, typically, I, I'm sure it's different depending it, it, on it, you know, what's going on, but what is their standard start with? Um, you know, I think each, you know, when you start to look at our analyst, I think it kind of depends on their efficiency. Okay. I think most of them will probably go back a month. Um, okay. You know, if, you know, I remember when I was doing it, it was three months, but I think the reason we were looking at a three month window was because at the time when, when you started doing this in its infancy, uh, three months was kind of where your anomalous usage report started to roll out, was, you know, one to three months. So uh, we've shortened that amount of time. Okay. And, and try to look at it really quickly. If it needs more, we can go back further. But uh, typically, we try to look at as small of a window as possible to see what indicators are there, and, and then move move that window out, move that brush stroke yeah. out further if it's needed. If you needed to. Okay, that makes sense. And then you said if things aren't reconciled, so your analysts look at the daily unreconciled, which can be a very large load. Sure. Absolutely. So, you know, we, we get a lot of alerts and they're, you know, they're based on enforced policies that we've put in place. Um, you know, we do have uh, a lot of technological improvements that continue to come out and roll out that we're testing. Um, and, but you're right. I think that we see a lot of alerts. We see a, a great deal of those and we have filters in place to take certain pieces that we already know through best practices and standard you know, across the industry that we know that's not going to be something we're concerned about. But at the same time, our most intelligent filter is going to be that analyst. And so they they spend all day going through alerts in each of their accounts, which is why we keep their caseload so small and their number of customers so small is so that they have the time to go through each of those alerts for those particular customers on on a daily basis and turn those around. Okay. And follow whatever procedure they've come up with, I guess, to for follow up. Yeah. I like that. Your most intelligent filter is your analyst. I like that. 100%. Because <laughs> that is true. Absolutely. Is. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything on the horizon for the fair warning piece of it in Pravada that um, you guys are working on improvements or change of, you know, in the logic or improvements to the logic? Absolutely. So, you know, I think that, you know, there's there's the elephant in the room for drug diversion across the board, which is uh, this this outcry from the customers that they want full 
medication life cycle reconciliation. They want to be able to reconcile all the medications within the facility, you know, across the life cycle. And that is, that's a heavy lift for any platform, you know, and all the technologies are pursuing that from different angles. Um, and one thing that, you know, having the team that we do at Improvada and knowing we have pharmacists, we have nurses, we have law enforcement regulatory, looking at how to align that desire for the reconciliation of the medications with what we really need, which is true diversion incidents detected. There's a, there's a hard balance there and, you know, technologies platforms are doing, you know, scores and they're doing, you know, anomalous usage and they're doing all of these different pieces. And right now we're working on a project that will tie all of it together that will give us an ability to drill down on your most vulnerable medications instead of all looking let's let's take this group that we know is the precipice of the drug diversion risk and let's look at those and let's apply all of those different factors scores usage enforce policies how are we going to take all of those things and actually combine reconciling that medication throughout its life cycle in the facility with finding the true diversion and the bad users not just having a plethora of alerts that are all just hey none of these are reconciled because as you know when you look at just med rec just looking at reconciling that life cycle that number of alerts is is going to be uh, it's, it's something that an analyst will not be able to lift it and and that won't and it won't matter which platform comes up with the best way to try to reconcile them by the dose nobody's going through all of those because that's going to include sloppy practice and you know different workflows and how it got handed out so there's a lot of things there that it's just going to be it's better to find a way to bring it all to a center and be able to put all of those things layered in together at the same time. And, and we're working on that as we speak um, and testing it in several of our customers in pilot phases. And we have really promising results. Um, mm -hmm. So um, I'm excited to see where that goes. And obviously, uh, as, as I'm not necessarily objective in this, but when you add on uh, the eyes of a person who's already done this for 15 or 20 years, you already have a piece that the other ones are missing, which gives you even a, a higher level of, of efficiency and a higher mm -hmm. level of, I would say, meeting the standard that we really need to be hitting as far as DEA regulations are concerned and IHFDA. Having been an investigator and looking at it from a law enforcement perspective, I, I see the value in you already have a set of eyes that has done this and seen this on top of your technology that to me gives me a better product yeah absolutely okay that all makes sense do your analysts get involved if if there is somebody that's reported out and then the say the board of nursing inspector now wants to talk to everybody that was involved with the investigation do your analysts then are they available for conversation uh, they are. So we, we do respond, you know, obviously if there's a, a subpoena that comes in or an inspection that comes in, um, 
I answered the phone at seven o'clock in the evening about three or four weeks ago because uh, the DEA was at one of the facilities for our customers. And, oh. uh, you know, they just had some questions and it was, you know, pretty high level. But, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, I talked to the analyst for that particular uh, customer and, and we both decided, you know, we, we can get on the phone and we can try to speak to some of those questions. Um, but we have had an, some of our customers that have went through inspections or even investigative follow-ups. Um, and, you know, we have a process for, for being involved in, in that and uh, being able to respond and provide what we have. Okay. All right. So that makes sense. Okay. So in, in a large part, it sounds that for Improvada, you have your analysts, which essentially is what our expert solutions does for all the other products if they want to hire somebody to do it. <laughs> right. But uh, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're right. I mean, the value there of somebody that knows what they're looking at and can interpret it, um, it's invaluable. I mean, that is the the final the final filter. It, it really is. And, and, and Terry, like you were just saying, you know, for you've been in this industry for so long and doing the consultant piece, there are things that you're going to catch and things that you're going to be mm -hmm. able to speak to. The technology just is not going to be able right. to, to discover or, or reveal. And, you know, some of that can be, you know, bad practices and some of that can be actual bad users. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, that experience when when it comes into play it does tend to give the customer an extra layer of protection yeah. um you know i think the dea made it pretty clear in some of their language where they take into consideration not only the actions you've taken to resolve an issue but they take into consideration you know how robust was that effort you know did you just oh it happened so we reported it and that was it or have you continued to add more and more steps into your effort to not only resolve what happened, to, but to prevent it from happening in the next time? And if you have technology, that's fantastic. You've heard me say it a million times. Technology to me is, you know, it's our human attempt to bridge the gap between what we needed. And I mean, it's ever since the wheel, we've been trying to, you know, create technology that makes things easier. Well, now we sit from there in a place where we lean on our technology and we need to re-add that human element because yeah. we're, we're we don't want to let the gap fall back to us and so you know when we put that piece back in and we put these managed services experts in play they are the ones that take it to that next level and are able to speak to i worked in a facility just like the one that i'm serving now and these are things that I think you could do to prevent, to mitigate. And, and I think that, um, I think that, like you said, it, it becomes necessary now as we all start to pick technologies to invest in and, and healthcare that we also start to pivot back to, well, where are we investing in our people and, and who's looking at this information and giving us a way to make it even more effective? Yeah, well, yeah, because that human can can rule out some of the false accusations, right? That the Absolutely. the software might be telling you, it's like mm, no, and then the other way around, the software might well does they, it misses things, and so there's different ways to piece things together and to look at them that aren't necessarily factored in to the software logic. 
So it's critical. You've, you've got to have somebody that knows what they're doing and that is looking at it. Yeah. So that's definitely what, what sets your company apart. It comes with those people and that's nice. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Anything else you want to add? You know, I will, I will just uh, add to that, that, that piece where the analysts and those experts are working in this, you know, we've had true diversion incidents that our enforced policies were giving us alerts, but as they would go through the alerts, something that may have slipped through the cracks or may have been one of those things that almost looked normal. Um, some of our analysts will find a, an opportunity to investigate further just based on the notes that a user has put into their, their waste practice or whatever. And, and it'll Good be basically, it's, you know, your, your technology can't read that note. Right. But, a, but a human eye can and say that note does not make sense. That note doesn't right. check out or that note has been the same in every single one of their ways. All of their patients vomit so often. <laughs> right. Exactly. Or, you know, this, yeah. you know, and it's, it's always something or their where, butterfingers. They're always dropping their, dropping their stuff. <laughs> they, they dropped it. They, they vomited yeah. it. Uh, they couldn't yeah. swallow whatever it is. Um, yeah. you know, or the only hurt of uh, the only patient that continues to refuse your medication happens to be this particular patient with this particular medication. All of yeah. your other ones were able to take their medicine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that, and we've seen, you know, a number of true diversion incidents that were, that were discovered just by that extra layer of that, that analyst being able to put their knowledge and their experience yeah. and their expertise into the review of those alerts and say, this doesn't look right. And then yeah. go back to the customer and say, this doesn't look right because of this. And then that customer is like, I would never have, I would never have thought to look at that. You know, right. I have a couple of, uh, of letters that um, have told us that the, the very reason that these customers continue to stay at Improvada and use that platform is because of the analysts that they have a relationship with and the expertise that, that analyst is providing. So that's, I think that speaks for itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All good points. And um, definitely. Yeah. That's that human factor, the human factor that knows what they're looking for, knows how to look for it, knows your software and uh, has the time. Right. That's I mean, that's, that's right. their job. They're dedicated to that. Whereas the point of contact has other things that they're doing. And so that, that time resource isn't always there either. I think that's our, you know, one of the biggest vulnerabilities we see in, in healthcare diversion detection is that those customers, even if they do get the technology in place, that to be the user, the end user that has a responsibility for looking at it is also the, the manager or director of a pharmacy or they're, they're somewhere else and they have 37 of their weekly hours are already accounted for. So they're getting this handful of time that they have to figure out a way to go back into this application and try to find something or try to review all of this different alerts. And, you know, I've, I've been there. I, I've, I've done that job and it is hard to find that kind of time to yeah. be able to invest. And when, so when you can get a platform and get a technology, but you get someone 
who literally goes through all of it for you and then provides you the handful of things that you have to follow up on. It, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. Cause you need a big block of time too, right? It's like, okay, I have 20 minutes. Mm, I'm not going to get started on that. I'll barely get the application open and get my mind right. focused. Right. So I, right. I got I have, I need two hours at least before I'm going to sit down. Who has two hours <laughs> to devote absolutely. to that? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's great. Okay. I want to thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing. Um, and uh, this is, yeah, all good information. And thank you for reminding us that we, we need that human intelligence behind all of these products. That, that is a must. Absolutely. Thank you for yeah. having me. Absolutely. All right. You have a great rest of your week, Russ. It's good seeing you. You too.